0: We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch, and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case.
1: Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, Here we are on End Times Friday. and uh,
2: Good morning.
1: We are heading uh, now into later weeks of uh, October, and uh, lots of interesting things going on, and uh, we've been talking about um, uh, the economic uh, scenario
0: mm-hmm.
1: of, uh, you know, what what is happening, what is going to happen, and what will happen, um, and the question, uh, and I believe Jesus always wants everybody to ask this question and pursue this question, is, uh, as John said, um, you know, he told me to pay attention and that everybody should be a a follower of the truths that John was gonna reveal about the end.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I want everybody to pay attention to the end um, while we already know that it's 2000 years later already. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but every generation was supposed to pay attention to the end while they deal with their generation. Um,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And so as I've understood it, there's several reasons why one, it's going to happen. At some generation is going to be the ones that experience it. Right. So you know, think about uh, the prophecies about Jesus himself. Um, You know, it was all all the way through the Old Testament. So, you know, 1000 years, there were things foretold about Jesus being born, right, uh, the Messiah. Um, you know, and they and they were in the same place is, well, it could be now, but it wasn't. Uh, but I was supposed to learn about it um, mm-hmm. and process it. And they kept teaching their their generations. Well, at one point in time, it happened.
2: It actually happened, right. And
1: that, and that generation was all part of that who then brought a lot of the truths of scripture to that moment, you know? So the mm-hmm. disciples, for example, You know, how did they even understand the idea of Messiah? It was because they were understanding the truths of the Old Testament that spoke about it.
2: Right. Um, that's, and what you're talking about there is an important thing. I just want to highlight in terms of parenting. I always think about moms and parenting and stuff, but looking back to Deuteronomy and the instruction to keep the word of God at the forefront of things and just how important that is with your children continuing to teach generation after generation. And that's what you're really talking about there. Um, had they not taken that instruction to heart, the foundation would not have been laid for anyone to understand when Jesus showed up on the scene that he was the Messiah. Right. So there was a necessity to keep that alive until the prophecy came true.
1: Right. That's right. Um, and to uh, perpetuate that. Uh, and then um, secondly, is that um, if we're in something and we begin to see signs uh, and wonders and and things that begin to portray it, um, we do need to seek wisdom is Mm -hmm. with what what, what I'm seeing, and by the way, we all see partially, which is why we can't absolutely say we know when it's going to happen. Do you want us to understand something for that? Because if it is coming and it's going to happen and we're going to be in the middle of it, well, we kind of need to understand it. Um, And be ready for and be prepared for, particularly with what we're headed toward, is uh, the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And remember, the tribulation, um, uh, interesting enough, um, there's a couple levels of that word. Um, Tribulation, per se, is for the believers who don't participate in the system, Mm. Uh, which is why it's called tribulation, because right. the, the focus is on the followers of Christ who don't participate in the system right. and are going to be persecuted.
2: Right. Uh, and and because those who do participate in it, they're going to have this season of actually the appearance of things being good because they're taking part of this system and the system is taking care of their needs but Christians have been given the wisdom not to partake. Right. And and that leaves them in this place of tribulation.
1: That's right. So it's a really interesting point that, um, when we think of tribulation per se, Mm -hmm. we think of trouble and gosh, it's going to be awful trouble. Interesting enough, it's going to be the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to appear fantastic, good and, and a great solution and not trouble. The mm-hmm. trouble is for those of us who have a heart to understand the truth, and to say, "I see now where it is, and where right. I'm where I'm supposed to land with it." Which, by the way, is not take the you know the mark of the beast, the economic mark of the beast. Um, so that's going to be an interesting point. Now, there's argument at this point. There's argument. Yeah, but we're all going to be raptured, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't matter. And again, the only thing I say to that is. Uh, the rapture is going to be, it is true, it's a true statement, mm-hmm. but we don't have, we don't have absoluteness from scripture as it pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib, Right. and so we have to be careful that we don't wish it away mm-hmm. and just say, well, it's pre-trib, so why bother? And Jesus says, well, I want you to bother, maybe it's not pre-trib, Right. Um, or you're going to have to teach people, you know, what it means. So. Um, and you might be caught up in those choices. You may be caught up in those uh, issues of persecution, including all the way to death. There's some that are mm-hmm. going to die for this. Um, and 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 of course, we don't we don't. That's not going to be enjoyable. But um, we may have to go that route. Um, so it's about if we happen to be the generation that's in that time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we kind of we got to process that. Right. um per se if we're not there's change that that is coming
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: global change and we that have we to,
2: still need to be able to process we still and God we, lead us. we
1: still need to ask the question of
2: mm-hmm.
1: how do we stay true to God while we're going through mm-hmm. this and true to God means in the middle of that, -hmm. He's going to deliver to us the covenant. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing because circumstances don't limit God. Right. Um, So I don't have to fall into uh, the issue of of having no ability to survive it economically. Mm -hmm. um, When God can give me wisdom and give me heads up and get preparation, you know, for what's ahead. So we're going to approach it all, you know, kind of from that framework of. are we potentially in it? What does that mean? And then if it's just economic stress, um, how do we approach that okay. um, and still stay in the covenant? So th- those are gonna be the, the ways we approach it. Um, and we're always doing it. a couple of things I just wanna highlight. I talked last time about the um, uh, downgrading of the uh, United States credit rating. So that's been a mm-hmm. problem. Uh, our debt continues to skyrocket. Um, there is because of the high interest rates now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking as it applies primarily the two points that applies mostly to, to United States citizens. One is uh, housing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the ability to buy a house and pay for that house. Um, and we've been in a boom time. And uh, because of what happened with COVID, and and everybody um, realizing you know what i could work remotely
2: mm-hmm. so
1: i'm going to go live remotely live in a different place right uh, so i'm going to get out of the city uh, i'm going to get out of out of a particular area that maybe has high taxes or things that i don't like how they operate i'm going to go to a different place and what it did was it stimulated demand mm-hmm and ro- rose prices of houses. Pretty dramatic, Crazy pretty yes. pretty dramatically. And, but uh, the whole system in a sense worked, but it only works short term by the way. Mm-hmm. And that is, okay, it's rising prices. That means I can sell my house for more. Mm-hmm. The interest rate to buy another one is still two and a half, three
2: 3%. Right.
1: So I can afford that. I take my equity and go get something else. My loan maybe increases some, but hey, I, I got a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing just stimulated itself to raise prices literally as much as 40, 50, even 70, 80% over mm-hmm. what they used to be. And I'm talking just a few years ago. Right. Uh, and so there was a boom time with it and everybody was in the mode of, uh, gee, if I, if I need to or want to, I should probably sell my house now. And, and I and I and I I know you heard stories and maybe I think even your children were part of them was um for every house that people was looking at, mm-hmm. there'd be twenty offers. Right, um, right. And they'd and going they'd,
2: above asking price, I'd, well above asking I'll go well price above cash asking offers. Price.
1: Yeah. You know, and you had to try to win that if you were mm-hmm. gonna if you're gonna go do it. So it pushed everything up. Uh well, because of inflation. And now the interest rates rising and the mortgage is now at six, seven, seven and a half percent. It has put a big damper on the whole home uh, industry, including mm-hmm. uh, there's, there are a lot of homes being built that either have stopped being built or they're in trouble because there's not enough demand to buy for the houses that were being built. Mm-hmm. And, of cur- and certainly selling used houses and buying new ones is difficult because um, if I have, and, and remember when there's this uh, uh, mortgage uh, scenario where you can get a two to 3% mortgage, everybody that has any wisdom refinance their house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't move. They just refinanced it. Um, to make sure
2: I, they were locked into that rate. Yeah.
1: I could even have a 4.5% mortgage, which is still low, but I can get 25 well, I'm going to do that. you know. So, every, mm-hmm. so a lot of people refinanced it without moving. Well, today, because the interest rates are at 7, 75 if I have a 2.5% mortgage on the place that I have, what, what do you think is the motivation to say, yeah, I'll give up that mortgage and pay one that's 7.5%?
2: There's not one. <laughs> not,
1: gonna, not There's not a motivation. Yeah. So the ability and desire to even move
2: mm-hmm.
1: is is lower. So there's not enough. So you it know,
2: decreases the supply again. Decreasing too.
1: supply and and the demand of it. Um, and then uh, because of the overbuilding and the over uh, you know inventory that that was trying to be available mm-hmm. uh, that starts to shrink. So home building and home uh, ownership um, is really slowing down dramatically. Right. Um, And as a result of that, we're headed for another probably housing crisis where the prices will have to come way down again. So people will be upside down uh, with it. And then that'll cause problems with their banks, et cetera. So we could be in for a really, uh, and they predict, that it'll be a fairly long cycle with this. It's not going to be a short-term mm. deal, right. which, by the way, has a big impact on the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so some of the considerations as we look at this is where are are you individually in that cycle? You know, mm-hmm. are you are you already settled with your house? You got a low interest rate, and you don't need to move for work or anything else. You're actually in a pretty good spot. Right. Um, if you can afford the payments, you know, from the other, other stuff, if you're not, and you're in limbo with that, or you need to, or you have to, that could be an issue, uh, of where, right. where it winds up to you. So that's a consideration. Uh, the other thing is that, um, the banks, um, uh, are, are struggling. Uh, and there's right now a, a recent, uh, study that says 190, American banks are are potentially on the verge of collapsing. Mm.
2: Um,
1: And again, um, if I can explain it fairly simply, is that um, if I operated and I believed that the interest rates were never going to go up significantly, Mm -hmm. then I I took on the obligations uh, at that low interest rate. Um, right. And the income to me, bank, was at that low interest rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, now the cost of me doing business has doubled or tripled. right. And but I'm stuck with the low and interest this rate
2: Delta between the two, right there's,
1: there's a difference between the two, and I might not be able to manage that delta. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, then I have capital requirements and I can't meet the obligations. Of right. the system, and they're on the verge of collapse. And there's a hundred and nine, they just a recent study just showed there's 190 of those banks in the United States that are on that potential cusp mm-hmm. uh, of it. So, your bank may be in a position over the next year or two or three where they could really be in trouble and they have to close and then be bought out by somebody else. And, and we have there's implications with that. Right. Uh, which, which we'll get into. Uh, so that's stimulating the issue. Um, even in the tech industry, uh, there's a slowdown in hiring people mm-hmm. uh, and or either are letting them go. Uh, because of the potential recession, uh, companies are already structuring for I really need to down downsize right. you know, and, and just you know one for example, uh, Google, Mm-hmm. who's one of the biggest companies in the world and the fastest growing companies in the world are looking at, you know, you know what, I think it's going to slow down. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to lay people off. Right. Uh, well, when they lay people off, then they go on unemployment, but they don't make as much money. And then they pull back and buying things.
2: And it's a circle that really is a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? right. It's a,
1: it's a circle that goes round and around and around. And then that's what causes recession. Mm-hmm. is that there's a belief that there's going to be a recession and then people start pulling back and companies start pulling back and cause uh, income to shrink, mm-hmm. which then means less buying and they fulfill their own their own uh, thought that yeah, there's going to be less demand. Mm-hmm. but they actually stimulated it because of what they did to contribute to that so it's, it's kind of right. It's kind of interesting. but we're on that cusp of uh, you know, could we go into a recession? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the economy, um, tends to be fairly resilient and, uh, there's not, at the moment, there's not a dramatic something, although it could happen that could stimulate it like it did in 2008 with the whole, you know, uh, housing Mm -hmm. and mortgage, mortgage system collapses, uh, that could push it into a severe recession, it's probably just going to be at the moment, a negative cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there'll there be implications to that um, uh, of what it is. And, and again, it could be, it could, it could wind up being okay. Ultimately there'll be a collapse. And we'll, and we'll talk
2: about that. Right. Um, would you say at all that um, what impact would you say the number of significant natural disasters and the increase in them across the globe in the last couple of years, even um, from a financial standpoint, what impact would you say that could play into all of this?
1: Yeah, there's um, um, there's two things that looking at the pressure mm-hmm. um, on the system. One is, and this was, and by the way, the m- m- municipalities took advantage of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID, Raised house prices, right? Okay, now I, I didn't sell my house, mm-hmm. um, but because they reassess
2: mm-hmm. the
1: value of your house based on the things around you, everybody. This is this is around the United States, because the local governments need money. By the way, right. So what they did is they got very aggressive on assessing values
2: mm-hmm. of
1: everybody's house. So what used to cost- Thereby
2: increasing property taxes too.
1: It, well, that's what I'm saying, increased property yeah. tax. And I used to pay you know $1,000 or, or $3,000 a year. I'm not saying me personally, but I'm just using an example. Now you're gonna pay six, you're gonna double because mm-hmm. they, they aggressively did it and then forced you to um, uh, appeal
0: hmm.
1: If you if he ever he even had the wherewithal to do it or the heart to do it, if you appeal, then they came back and basically said, OK, we'll give you a little bit, mm-hmm. but not much. So so my payments for my house mm-hmm. has dramatically increased, even if I had a low interest rate, even if I had a really nice tax scenario. Right, but, but now I don't. So mm-hmm. a lot of my money is getting paid to real estate taxes. Okay, right. That's one. Number two, uh, natural disasters, uh, and the ability to pay the insurance of those mm-hmm. um, is all based on a what's called a actuarial formulas. And 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 look at it in a simple way. <laughs> insurance companies don't lose money. So if it costs me more to pay for these disasters, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just charge everybody. Right. So, um, and I'm a recipient of this and you're a recipient of this, um, even to the point now where uh, if you look at Florida, for example, Mm -hmm. that has a pretty robust economy, well, insurers are saying, we're not going to insure your houses. Uh, mm-hmm. now, now people, somebody will, but the price is going to skyrocket. Right. Uh, and that's, what's happening is that right. the, at the insurance rates for property, you know, and this would be right. equipment, commercial buildings, uh, residential buildings, um, those costs
2: mm-hmm. are, are
1: going to skyrocket. Right. Well, and
2: even beyond the insurance, also government, you know, FEMA coming in, there's a a governmental cost that spreads the tax out across everyone for all of that as well. Correct.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, And and so we're going to we're going to charge you that as well. So um, as you look at the impact of that uh, is economically. Um, in addition to, you know, what Casey discussed about regulation, just Mm -hmm. costing you more of your disposable income and keeping a a cap on the growth. uh, These costs are dramatically increasing real Mm -hmm. estate tax, um, insurance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for homeowners, and by the way, it'll be translated even if we don't own a home, it's going to be translated into rent increases by, by definition has right. to. So the cost of home ownership or cost living, uh, anywhere is going to really increase. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's very high inflation in that. And then on, th- on the third one is food. Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> and gas, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, but gas prices are that's, really, are really yeah, it's up.
2: creeping way back up again. Uh,
1: and that's due to, by the way, um, Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, in OPEC agreeing together, we're going to limit supply, right? Which drives the price up. So mm-hmm. you got you got you got taxes, real estate taxes, you got insurance, you got food, and you got gas, fuel. Okay, interesting enough, and the government is super clever. They took all four of those out of the calculation of inflation. Mm-hmm. So they say inflation is getting controlled. Well, you as a homeowner—that's you, not you... what our
2: pocketbooks are feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth,
1: but the truth is, see, it's not. The reality is, you have less to spend. You just do. Mm-hmm. If you're going to spend less, you're going to buy less. It is going to impact, you know, the economy um, and right. and the ability of companies to to make it. Uh, okay, so let's look at uh, simply uh, what we, uh, how do we approach this? We'll begin this discussion. We'll continue this next week. But again, um, uh, read verses, this is in chapter eight of Proverbs, and we're trying to set it up as to what now, as we see these things happen, and we are impacted by these things. Mm
0: -hmm. We're
1: gonna look at it from two different perspectives. One, let's just assume it's a economic cycle and things are gonna change and maybe impact us Mm -hmm. uh, personally. Maybe not ultimately as, a, as going into the end or the tribulation, but it is going to impact us. What do we do with that? And then two is what if it's the, if it's letting toward the end, mm-hmm. what differences might we consider and at least discuss and be ready for and let the Lord, you know, give us wisdom mm-hmm. and insight about it. So if you'd read, uh, read Romans, uh, excuse me, John uh, 8 again, 20, uh, I think it's 6 through 21.
2: Okay. Proverbs eight twenty six to 21.
1: Uh, no, uh, six, through, 6 through 21.
2: 6 through 21. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, want, I want to have you read it backwards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. From my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all things, all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Uh, By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of the righteousness, uh, the way of righteousness, in the midst of the path of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, he says that, um, and this is a universal imitation. Uh, is um, look at where you are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: evaluate. Um, he says avoid. Uh, and basically move away from evil and the word evil are things that annoy frustrate irritate or cause you difficulty um, in life Mm -hmm. Uh, and so uh, if things are changing um, it's going to be difficult all by itself because of the potential changes and the impact on us Mm -hmm. personally with our with me or my family or my marriage and my community uh you know what's gonna happen with that he said well um do not look for your own wisdom or the world's wisdom but rather let me guide you and seek me because you'll you'll have benefit from that um and pursue it and he said hate pride in the middle of that which means
2: mm-hmm.
1: don't try to figure this out yourself
2: right uh, right don't, don't
1: go forward uh so um Here's a question that we're going to raise up uh, as you start to look at this. And then we'll continue this discussion uh, in the next several weeks about, you know, what do we do? But here's number one question uh, is um, everybody operates financially uh, according to reality of my income and my expenses. Right. And so the first thing to go do and consider would be for you and your spouse to uh, work through Hmm. where are you today Um, in in terms of income, sources of income, which can be, you know, investments, savings accounts, uh, uh, other rental houses, things that you've got. Uh, Usually it's it's just your employment. Income that you get for working. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, what is that? What's your net uh, after taxes? And then, and then on the other side of it is work through all of your expenses Mm -hmm. that either have already started to increase, or you know, like for example, um, we had an assessment sent to us by the taxing authorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know starting in, uh, you know, January, February, my real estate taxes are going up Mm -hmm. and I kind of know exactly what they are Um, right now. I don't I haven't experienced it yet, but I'm going to
2: know it's coming. Right. Right.
1: So you you take uh, three columns. Uh, One is your income. Where's that? Mm -hmm. Number two is you list every expense you got, Mm -hmm. you know, food, housing, uh, clothing, school payments. Uh, travel, gas, fuel, all those categories of the budget, you know, list them down. Uh that say, here's where it is today. Right. The third, the next column next to that would be, am I already aware of the costs that are going to go up uh, mm-hmm. and, or at least I can pretty well predict it. Like, for example, if you're paying X dollars in, in fuel costs per, per month, I would increase that by even a factor of 10 percent, to say probably next year, that's going to go higher. I know what my real estates are going to go. Hey, my, my insurance is going to be up for renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, I better plan an increase on that. Um, my, you could talk to your. I could talk to Linda, and say, uh, well, "How's it going with food?" Right. <laughs> she's and gonna she's say, gonna tell you it's hey, going to say, "Hey, hey, prices are going up, you know." And so, what factor do we put in that? So you you come up with your income line. And then you come up with what you believe next year's uh, expenses are going to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and first of all, the first question is: am I, is my income greater than my next year's expenses? Right. Or are we already in trouble, uh, mm-hmm. and we're struggling, and we're actually using credit cards to fund some of this stuff? Um, and those will be some of the discussions we're going to we're going to play through. Is as we look at, remember, God said, uh, "Let me guide you into truth." Uh, understand where you are today Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'll give you wisdom about what's next as we start to play that out because ultimately even if we're using credit cards to borrow to pay for things ultimately we run out of capacity to do that right Um, and it's going to be problematic you know and so those are the things that we're going to do so so my first thought as we look at these economic changes and the pressure that's already on the table Mm-hmm. is put a, put a budget together um, right. and just see where you stand. And then we'll talk about what do we do next and, and how do we address that next. Right. Um, and by the way, it has to do with, uh, and, and we're gonna talk about this, I get em, employment income mm-hmm. on this side of it. Well, a big question that we have to pursue with God is how stable... Is Mm -hmm. is that employment income or is my company, uh, because I know a lot of companies right now that are that are ready and are laying people off. Right. Um, If I'm one of those participants, I got to be aware of that and then get ahead of it if I can. Or how do I manage that? So lots and lots of questions coming up. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, and I think it's important as you bring this up one, I just love that you're bringing this up because I think regardless of where you're sitting, if you are incredibly comfortable or if you are very tight on your budget, this is wisdom. Yeah. What you're sharing right here. Um, there is always a call simply in being a steward to know what we're spending and how we're spending it. And is this what God wants us doing with our money? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, just taking a keen eye and looking at it um, and coming back to that year after year, you know, a company does this yearly, at least, right? They sit down at the end of their fiscal year and and begin to look at the operational budget for the next year, what they expect they're going to be earning, what they expect they're going to be spending, and and make some projections, and they make cuts and adjustments accordingly. And I think what you're really saying is is there is a need for us to do that, um, as Christians, to do that with what God has supplied us with, um, to be good stewards in paying attention to those details, and then to allow him, inviting him into that as we track it, which tracking it is literally just collecting the facts, right? Right. We track it and then we're taking it to him and allowing him to begin to sift through. Are there expenses here that I need to be alerted to that will increase? Are there places that I have gotten very lackadaisical and I should be cutting back? There's no reason for me to spend this way, even if I have the money for it. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot to that. And I think um, this posture of surrender with it is a beautiful thing that you're bringing up. And I think it's an important thing for us to learn to do.
1: Yep. So we'll look at that. And we're going to get into several of these uh, really personal issues that we have to address. And remember, there's no, there's no uh, universal solution or even a, a world solution. It, it, this is individual. And, but mm-hmm. if we ask the right questions, which is this, the beginning of wisdom, is that God said, let me show you and guide you, including giving you a heads up that, yeah, your, your job may not last very long. And you got to either be looking for something else or do something now differently and get ready for it. Because you can still have covenant life if you follow God's mm-hmm. wisdom. And the key is don't to have a false faith and say, well, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll just trust God. And God right. says, You trust me by listening to what I have to say.
2: <laughs> right, right. That's so awesome.
1: it's going to be fun. So, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it and uh, we'll process it further.
2: Very good. Well, thank you so much. This is great wisdom, very practical wisdom that I think we can all embrace. So I appreciate you bringing it up. And if you have questions, send them in to questions at afjministry.com. And we look forward to seeing you next time.
1: Yep. We'll see you then.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See